Hello everyone, and welcome to the Winter Circle community. I'm your host, Dr. Sean Hubbard. So let's continue our conversation on how you can win and how we can win together. Each week we're joined by a guest who not only cares about what's going on in our community, but who also has special expertise in helping us to experience more victory in an important area of life. The area we'll be dealing with today is food. Not only what to eat, but how to eat, when, but when to stop, exactly. <laughs> We're joined today by our guest, Amanda Bombay. We actually work together, and it's a pleasure to have her join the Winter Circle today. Amanda, welcome to the Winter Circle. Thanks, hi. Wonderful to have you in. You know, Amanda, this whole idea of intuitive eating, it just kind of rolled off of your tongue one time we were just talking and chatting. And, you know, it is a challenge eating food every day. My wife and I plan what we're going to eat. And she's like, what time are we going to eat? And she cooks well. So sometimes, and most of the times, I have to figure out, okay, I have to stop at some point, <laughs> you know, so. And I know that a lot of people have challenges with food. Our relationship uh, with food has somehow been distorted and we're trying to manage it. So I really want to hear what is this whole style of intuitive eating? Is it a style? Is it an approach? Uh, how, how do you define intuitive eating? Yeah, so I was thinking about this and I thought the best way to maybe talk about what it is is talk about what it's not. So intuitive eating is a non-diet approach to rebuilding your relationship with food, exercise, your body, and your mind. So it's really it's really rejecting the diet mentality that is so impressive in our culture and in so many ways that you don't even think about until you start looking for it. And one thing that we were talking about too uh, the other day was motivational interviewing. I know you're really um, interested in that and it, motivational interviewing, you know, you're asking your patient or your client certain things, but you're trying to listen more than provide information. So in intuitive eating, it's really similar in that it into related to most motivational interviewing in that you're not overwhelming with information, but you're really trying to point out maybe discrepancies in terms of their beliefs and values and their actions. And then it also encourages us to trust ourselves that we kind of know what the right thing is. We're all born to be intuitive eaters. For example, babies are intuitive eaters. And then over time from influences from everywhere, environment, our families, TV, media, magazines, all of that kind of distorts our, our relationship with food and distorts and changes our really internal cues that we have that relate to telling us when we're hungry and when we're full. So intuitive eating is a way to remind us that we have really all the information inside of us and helps you kind of come back to that. Excellent. So does it help us to understand, let's say, when we've had enough to eat and also what we, uh, what our body craves? Yeah, that's a big part of it. So one, there's 10 principles of intuitive eating, but they all kind of sort of circle around the main one, which is this, the satisfaction factor. So when we're satisfied, there's a big, there's a couple different components of that. So really, if we are eating foods that we enjoy, that are going to be 
satisfying to us, then we're more likely to tap into our hunger and fullness cues. Versus if I'm eating a salad for lunch, but I hate salads, I'm never going to really feel satisfied. I'm going to keep craving whatever it is that I really want, even if, you know, maybe I would have been full otherwise. So um, intuitive eating really does ask you to think about your satisfaction. It asks you to and teaches you tools and ways to cue in more to your hunger, what those hunger cues are that you have physically and to tap into your fullness. But it does it in a way that there are no rules. That's really important that people realize it's not just eat when you're hungry and stop when you're full because those would be rules. And this is all about rejecting food rules and um, realizing there's a lot of different reasons we might eat and there might be even reasons you may overeat and that's okay too. Um, But just to be mindful of all of it. Mm. So just hearing you describe this absence of rules associated with intuitive eating it um, makes me feel less stressed out even just hearing you describe it (laughs) because now I hear the voices in my head saying you shouldn't eat that you shouldn't eat so much Uh, this is bad food over here you know don't eat so much of that Um, I'm starting to feel a little more at ease just hearing you describe all of this (laughs) that's good yeah that's a big part of it is rejecting like I said the food rules but also rejecting labels that we put on food too we say that some foods are good, some foods are bad. I'm a good person because I ate this. I'm a, I was bad because I ate that. And when you do that, you're really putting a moral value on food when there is no moral value. It's, it's an object, just like a book or a piece of paper really is an object. And when we attach that moral value to food, we there, and there is research on this too. There's a lot of research showing that it leads to decreased self-esteem, decreased body satisfaction, and you know can lead more so to um, disordered eating and eating disorders. I see. So when we have these, just to be clear on that, so when we're not necessarily eating intuitively, then we are our eating is motivated by other ideas and some of these other ideas they may not be the healthiest of approaches toward getting us to let's say um, the body and lifestyle and uh, the performance and function that we want Um, I don't want to paraphrase too much and and overstate what you said but does that sound okay yeah I mean a part of it too is also honoring your body, really respecting your body and letting go of the ideal. So getting, rejecting that ideal body that is presented to us through media and different images on social media now that are hard to get away from, but really trying to also respect your body and know that what is healthy for your body um, and your kind of healthy set point is going to be different from someone else's. And that's, a lot of influences of our genetics and stuff and instead of fighting what is natural for us just really accepting and being in tune with what is going to help you feel your healthiest and rejecting the ideal it certainly sounds like a kinder approach everything that you're describing it and the way that you're describing it is there a coach that we need that can help us to learn this technique or is there a certain type of book or you know how do we go about starting let's say 
Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways you could do it. I would say anyone can start um, with intuitive eating. There are coaches you can reach out to. There's a whole network of intuitive eating. And um, I just wanted to point out too that it, if this was started by two registered dietitians, actually I think almost 30 years ago, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Reich, and their book is just called Intuitive Eating. There's a fourth edition that came out in June 2020. So if anyone's interested, that's a good place to start. But also you can start really just by your social media feed, really, and looking at what things that you follow. Are you following people or accounts that make you feel bad about yourself? Um, one thing they talk about too is um, the first principle is rejecting the diet culture, the diet mentality. And some ways that you might see that on social media are people who are posting bad diets, before and after pictures, anything like that is going to make you feel negative because it's always a comparison, you know, before and after, like, oh, do I look better than that person or not? And when you do that, you're just either setting yourself up to feel bad about yourself or you're overinflating your confidence and and then at some point you're gonna feel bad. So, you know, I think pride and shame and guilt are all harmful emotions in that sense when you're talking about how you feel about your body and food. And then also really looking at rejecting diets that are set up to make you fail and make you feel like a failure too. So you could easily start by just looking at, like I said, people who are around you and your social media are people constantly posting about their latest diet that they're trying. And, and um, if that just you know doesn't make you feel good, you could just easily unfollow them. Um, like I said, you could reach out to and look at the intuitive eating book. There's a workbook for it as well. That's really useful. And then you could also, on the other side of your you know social media, start following people who are promoting intuitive eating and healthy at every size. And there's a lot of resources you can find pretty easily online for that as well. And then in terms of having a coach, I think a coach could be really helpful for someone maybe who's struggled with either eating disorders in the past or someone who knows that they have disordered eating patterns and challenges with food. And if they really want to repair that relationship, but those challenges are really, you know, woven in pretty deep into their fiber, then they might really benefit from a coach. There's also, uh, there are intuitive eating registered dietitians that you can find through the intuitive eating website and their database. There's also intuitive eating therapists, counselors, psychologists that you could find too that follow this approach. And for someone who maybe really needs a little more work, that might be helpful. Okay, that's a lot of resources, a lot of different options for people to follow up on. I really appreciate that, and I'm sure our viewers certainly will. You gave us a lot of options. As you were describing the, let's say, the practices and the ideas associated with intuitive eating, I was starting to get the feeling that counting calories and things like that, it's not really in line with intuitive eating. Is that right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So intuitive eating really rejects you counting calories or getting on a scale or any of that tracking stuff um, because of those are all related back to diet culture. So when you are 
you're focusing on the scale or calories or number, you're setting yourself up for either success or failure most likely. And um, it kind of creates a battle within yourself. And until you, one of the principles is making peace with food. And until you can make peace with food, um, you might feel at war, they say, you know, with your body. And when you're tracking obsessively, it takes your energy away and your mindset away from I think being more present and tuning into those hunger, fullness, and satisfaction cues. So that's very against um, counting any calories or tracking for those reasons. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll make sure that I don't recommend that and I'll uh, also not be doing it. <laughs> I really appreciate that. We're going to take a break. And, uh, but before we go off, I want to leave a question, the big question, in fact, for our viewers. Uh, regarding intuitive eating and just healthy eating. Here's the question. A healthy approach to eating is to eat until we are A, full, B, satisfied, C, gorged, D, not hungry, and E, we have eaten everything off of our plate. So how do you respond to that, Amanda? Yeah, so definitely the answer would be satisfied. And we kind of talked, I talked about that a little bit more, that satisfaction is really the hub of intuitive eating. So eating foods that are gonna satisfy you, that are what you want to eat, and also foods that are gonna help you feel full, feel energized and sustained. Okay, okay. So the other day I was thinking about our conversation to be had and I was enjoying a splendid meal. I definitely got to a point when I realized that the food was so good that I wanted to eat more. And I knew at that point that I was probably going to be overeating, but I couldn't tell that, I didn't feel like I was overeating at that time. Like, I did feel satisfied, I wasn't hungry anymore, but it became clear that I was getting ready to start eating for more pleasure. Uh, how do you counsel people around this particular corner? Yeah, so we eat for a lot of different reasons. We eat because, you know, we eat for hunger, We, but we also eat for pleasure too, and that's okay. And I think part of intuitive eating is recognizing that and not assigning any kind of moral value to it. So you're not a bad person if you overeat, you're not a good person if you stop when you're full. It's really trying to bring some neutrality to food. And when you do that, over time, you, you'll find that you can tune into um, tune into those cues better. But if we keep assigning this value to food and say that, oh, it was bad because I overate, then you're never going to really, you're really stopping yourself getting to that place of balance and neutrality. So that's a big part of it, trying to break down those food rules. Mm, so balance and neutrality and bringing that into our eating. I appreciate those terms as this is regarded. Now, some people are gonna see this and think, wow, this is wonderful information. It certainly sounds helpful and it certainly feels humane uh, to our person and those around us. And so is it something that we can learn today and then start later on today or tomorrow or does it require kind of a, um, an on-ramp, would you say? Yeah, you can start right away. Like I said, the first principle is rejecting the diet mentality. So you can do that through, like I said, maybe looking even at your social media and unfollowing people 
who are promoting diet mentality and maybe trying to find people who uh, have accounts that are promoting intuitive eating or healthy at every size is another approach. Another thing you could do is just start to assess yourself and how you look at food. Are you assigning that moral value or checking in with your thoughts? Are you thinking, uh, oh, I can't eat that because of X, Y, and Z, and looking at your own patterns of restriction because a big part of intuitive eating and rejecting diet culture is that um, diets are all about restriction. So when you restrict something, you are, are going to just crave it more. If you say, I can't have bread, then all you're going to think about is bread, you know? So looking at those areas of restriction and where um, maybe you can bring some, bring things back that you enjoy and then notice if you do feel more satisfied with those foods in, in your um, daily life, eating them. That would be a good way to start. And then, like I said, you can always read more and, you know, find maybe an intuitive eating dietitian or counselor, if that's something you feel that you would benefit from. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people will hear this and they'll think, oh, wow, you know, what about exercise and how this has impact on our health? We're just talking about the uh, food and our approach to food. Does intuitive eating also address let's say exercise? Yeah, so one of the principles of intuitive eating is finding joyful movement. And with that principle, it's about finding movement and exercise that makes you feel good about yourself, that's good for your body. We know there's so many benefits of exercise for your heart, for cardiovascular benefits. But then one of the principal asks you to look at maybe why you're exercising. Are you looking, are you viewing exercise as punishment or penance for, for eating choices that you made? Or are you really enjoying exercise? Do you like going for a walk outside, you know, when it, there's like a sunny day in the winter like this? And then the, looking at that again from a moral neutral position as opposed to, like I said, exercise for punishment. And I think that can really help a lot of people bring balance too. And, you know, finding exercise that you enjoy, it's not just running on the treadmill to burn X number of calories, because remember when we track that kind of stuff, it makes us feel like you know, it sets us up for failure, but just trying to find movement and exercise that you enjoy and doing it in a, in a balanced way. You're bringing light on all the things that we do to shame ourselves and punish ourselves with regard to tracking devices. I've definitely been uh, somebody who's done that and I can start off my running season or even eating, uh, but I'll start off really just to go for a fun run and then I'll notice that, oh wow, I did that in 40 minutes, but I don't care, you know. But then the next time I'll make sure that I want to do that under um, 40 minutes, let's say, you know, <laughs> because tracking is just something that we do, but it can lead to, yeah, you're right, failure and this idea of failure and punishing ourselves. I heard somebody in one of these uh, intuitive eating videos say that all foods are our friends, just like people. There are some friends that we spend more time with than others. How do you respond to this kind of an idea? Yeah. So 
all foods as your friends kind of makes it neutral. All foods are neutral. Um, so, but you might, you have preferences. Everyone has their likes and dislikes. And um, one thing with intuitive eating that, you know, I, I enjoyed was um, when I was going through reading the book and thinking about stuff myself was um, they give an example. And I was thinking about it with um, cauliflower, like, cauliflower rice cauliflower everything was really big for a while and i definitely you know you know as a dietitian want to know what those kind of food trends are and try them out myself and then i was thinking about it and i was thinking i really don't enjoy cauliflower rice personally um i don't i don't know the taste isn't really there for me um but i do enjoy roasted cauliflower so for example you know that would be an example of um just finding what foods satisfy you, really. Are you eating cauliflower rice because it's been assigned as healthy? Are you avoiding regular rice because someone said it was bad? But when you look at all foods as equal, you get to decide, you know, what foods you like, what foods you don't like. And when you can bring those foods more that you do enjoy into your daily menu, you're gonna feel more satisfied. What I hear you also describing, without necessarily using the word, is choice. And so when we are not necessarily ascribing moral values to our food and our eating habits, then what we are left with, it seems like, is what we are craving and also more choice, it seems. So is that accurate idea? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And you know, a big part of any kind of general nutrition is just having good variety of food. So when we have all these food restrictions placed on us for whatever reason, our choices and our variety gets more limited and more limited. And um, that's, there's actually, there's a lot of research too about um, a hot topic is your gut microbiome. And one big takeaway from that is um, just having a good variety of food is really important to your gut microbiome. So when we look at restriction, and again, you know, taking down those cho choices to just a maybe so a narrow amount, you're really limiting yourself in terms of your enjoyment, and then you're also restricting your your food choices, and that could you know have effect, negative effects too on your body and health. Of course, awesome, awesome. Some people, I mean, this is really incredible information and I really appreciate your expertise with it and your ability to, to share it also. Are there people that should not be getting into intuitive eating? Are there people that it won't work for or that they shouldn't uh, start getting into this? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that. And really, unless you have a food allergy, then yes. you can eat all foods. You know, if, if you are, um, you know, allergic to dairy or really have a true milk allergy, then obviously you can't have milk for, you know, that reason. But so with food allergies aside, maybe people who have safety issues, maybe, you know, people who have had strokes that need to be on a modified texture diet for in terms of safety, that would be one reason. Or in the hospital, and I see, people with uh, more acute issues, certain, you know, GI surgeries and things like that, or, or renal patients who have to follow uh, maybe a renal diet for dialysis purposes. But otherwise, for general people, um, the intuitive eating can be really helpful. Actually, there's research too about intuitive eating for people with 
GI issues like um, IBS is a big part of it. There's a big mind-body component with IBS. That's um, irritable bowel syndrome that is stressful for a lot of people. And a lot of people have tried to do all these elimination diets. That's really popular, you know, getting rid of gluten and this and that. Um, but sometimes the, and maybe a more intuitive eating approach could be helpful. Even for people with diabetes, having a more intuitive eating approach could be helpful, but you would really want to do it with the guidance and with the support of an intuitive eating dietitian. That would be really helpful. Um, and even just to tell, talk to your, um, your practitioner as well about this intuitive eating and then maybe finding someone who is connected with that. But really for most people, this can be really helpful for everyone. Um, the only other caveat would be they talk about people with who are in um, a full-blown eating disorder crisis and who might need treatment to help get them medically stabilized first, then that would be obviously the first priority because it can be very difficult to work on the principles of hunger and fullness if your body has been damaged for a prolonged period of time of restriction. Um, it's going to be hard people lose those abilities to feel hunger and fullness. Excellent. And then also too, it's hard to focus if your body and your brain are so deprived of nutrients too. So you kind of have to get, for some people, like I said, they may need to get medically stabilized first. Excellent, excellent. Amanda Bombay, I really appreciate your coming into the Winter Circle and sharing all of this amazing, wonderful information on something that we do every day and multiple times a day. Uh, it's awesome to uh, get to a point where we can improve our relationship with uh, something that we actually need for energy and for restoration. So thank you for coming. It's really been awesome. And to you in the Winter Circle, thanks for joining us for this amazing message. I've really learned a lot myself and I hope that you did too. I'm sure you did. You can continue to learn by joining us each and every week at this time and exactly where you found it. We're at RVNTV. Uh, Mondays 2 p.m. and Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Keep your eyes on TWC on the Winter Circle. We'll be coming up with a lot more supports in the future. We'll be developing a podcast as well. You can listen to this particular message and all of those messages that we put forward. So we'll look forward to seeing you then. Until then, keep winning, guys. Take care.